Donovan McNabb is with us today. CJ Fair joins us. We are joined to open the show by Josh Black. Just overall competition, right? That, that's exactly what we needed for this team. One in ten is not something you really want to use as fuel. If Steve got in a fight, I'd come to his defense because he's my bro. If you were on the ropes, I would have stepped in. You didn't need my help. Hands off. Tucker feels his way wow. in around his own man, and he scores untouched. It's a touchdown for Sean Tucker. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Paulie Sebelia. I'm Stephen Fonte as we welcome you into a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. Got a lot to get to on the show today. We're going to speak with Brian Higgins coming up here momentarily off the top of the show as we get you set for Syracuse Wake Forest Saturday inside the Dome. We've got to make our pick today. It's Thursday. That means Dan from the Wildcat Pizza Pub will be in. We'll make our official uh, selection of this game. And then coming up at 1 o'clock, Stan Cotton. He's the voice of Wake Forest Athletics. He'll uh, join us to give us the Demon Deacons side of things. A lot of SU football talk on the show today. We want to hear from you at 315-437-7644. How are you today, Paulie? I am doing great, uh, Steve. I also want to talk to Brian about the biggest secret in Syracuse basketball in the in in the city of Syracuse. I was going to ask you what that was, but now I think I know. It's the women's basketball yeah. schedule came out and like all the time normally I'm normally texting Brian and going, hey, when's the schedule come out? And he'll be like, yeah, this day, this. It's been out for weeks now. And like, there's, I know they're probably trying to downplay the limit season. the uh, expectations Could on the be. season. But Could I mean, be. they're going to the Bahamas and everything. Yes, they are. And we have those games right here on ESPN Radio. So, did you use uh, yesterday to your advantage? Get everything done yesterday? You need yeah, to get done fast responsibility. I got to watch what Jordan and Tommy do. And uh, took notes, and I'll have to uh, going to try and streamline the the process for everybody. Vast responsibilities. Well, we're glad you're back today uh, in the role of uh, host of a radio show. And with that, let's uh, let's go to our guest line and bring on our first guest today, our good friend Brian Higgins. Would you consider Brian Higgins a good friend? You would, yes? Yeah, I, absolutely, absolutely. I've only worked with the guy for forty yeah. years, and. Have spent more nights in hotel rooms with him than I'd like to admit. So I don't get pushed back on that. Our good no. friend Brian Higgins joining us. Brian, how are you today? Well, I'm just uh, always happy to bathe in Paulie's vastness uh, whenever <laughs> I get the get the chance. So that's uh, it, it is my pleasure to to join Paulie, especially today. All right, let's let's start by talking some football. I know we want to get into some basketball uh, as well, Brian. But let's start with football and. You know, we've we've seen the offense uh, develop an identity that is very much different than the one we were promised when Dino Babers uh, arrived. And, you know, we were promised up-tempo and fast and lots of points. And uh, they are very much a running team at the moment. Two uh, 100-yard rushers last week and Sean Tucker, Garrett Schrader. Um, is, is the quarterback debate done? Like, is, is, is has it been decided? Is this Garrett Schrader's team for the rest of the season in your mind? I, I think so. I mean, it's, um, well, I, I both think so and would not be surprised if we see Tommy for for whatever reasons, because, I mean, you might run into a game where you just can't run the ball at all, and, and Tommy's your best option, or, as I, I think we all know, being around this program for a long time, uh, quarterbacks have not made it through seasons unscathed a lot, so hopefully uh, Garrett has good health. But the switch to Schrader, is as you said, Steve. It, it is a direct style change to what you're doing, uh, a change to what you're practicing, a change to the plays you are running. In, in many ways, I think we saw uh, a little bit of that last week, and I'm sure it'll keep going in that direction as they 
coaches and Garrett figure out what works best for him. So once once you go down this road, it is not necessarily an easy path uh, back. And I do not get flop back and forth. So I'd say health willing, and as long as it it is working to some extent, I think this is where we're at. And Brian, where, where does this put Tommy DeVito? What's the morale like with the guys that you've talked to with him? And uh, do you see him sticking around? I mean, we've seen Taj Harris running back leave in the past week. Is he long for the program? Um, I'll say, I mean, Tommy's not happy. Yeah, who, who would be? Like, you, you can't begrudge the guy for that. Like, if if anyone had their starting quarterback job taken away and they were happy about it, I'd question them. Like, I'd find that strange. So, yeah, he doesn't like it. But at the same time, and would I be shocked if Tommy's playing for a different program next year? No. If it continues this way, and it's clearly Garrett's job into the offseason, where Tommy's situation is different from Taj's is Tommy has already had a redshirt year. So for him to leave with four or fewer games played this year, doesn't gain him anything. He's going to have one year remaining eligibility-wise, which will be the COVID year, uh, regardless. So him leaving now uh, doesn't get him anything, and uh, he knows it from uh, his first-year plan when Dungey was a senior. Like he, he may still play this season. So uh, realistically, there is no actual benefit football-wise for for him to leave. So if he's somewhere else next year, you know that happens all the time with quarterbacks that uh, have lost their job to some extent. And I'd say we'd wish him the best, but uh, I'm, I'm not surprised he, he'd stick it out through this season. Since you brought up the name Taj Harris, um, let's go there next. Do you have any insight into what led to his departure now? Was it just the fact that you know the offense did develop a new philosophy? There was going to be more of an emphasis on, on running the football and not throwing the football? And, and was that a big part of it, or was there more to it going on behind the scenes? Um, you know, I, I last talked to Taj... Three weeks ago, maybe, you know, and it was a normal conversation. So I, I can't say I really have any good insight into why now. My, my guess is what we're all guessing, that uh, Taj wants to catch footballs. Uh, the ball is not being thrown as much, and off he goes. <laughs> I mean, is it a smart decision on his part? I guess you can get two more years somewhere else. Uh, to what end? I don't know. It's not like the ball wasn't going to come his way uh, this year if he stuck around. Like Courtney Jackson caught six passes last game. There's no reason Taj couldn't have caught six passes. You know, if he had been in the building. So I don't know. We, we've seen we've seen his act a little bit over four years, and I think he's matured a little bit. Uh, there, I think there's still clearly some some way to go. Yeah, you never know what the extenuating circumstances are. Uh, but the assumption that now he's going to go somewhere else and catch a bajillion balls the next uh, year or two, uh, hopefully for his case, he, he's made the right decision uh, when, it, when it comes to, I guess, both his college career and his pro career. I mean, the NFL scouts, they watch Taj Harris tape. They know about Taj Harris, and you, you never know if a move like this uh, influences how they think about a player. So you hope it doesn't affect his career negatively in that way. Brian, I want to ask you about this offense because, you know, we saw it the first four drives. They picked up 52 total yards. And, you know, I was thinking, is he is he going to bring in Tommy DeVito at that point? And then Schrader rips off that 55-yard run, and everything changed dramatically after that. They put up 30 points, and, um, you know, offensively, they, they looked good. I'm still a little skeptical about whether or not this particular offense can work week in and week out uh, in the ACC conference. Uh, are, are you sold on, on what you saw last week at Florida State, or do you have some some concerns and question marks as well? 
Uh, well, yes and no. I mean, I, I'm sold on the, the positive stuff I saw. Like, I, I think Sean Tucker is going to be able to gain yards on uh, pretty much anybody uh, to some extent. Um, and I think Garrett is going to be able to run the ball from the quarterback position against anybody to some extent. I, I think what we need to see going forward is the continual uh, evolving of how they attack the passing aspect uh, of this. So we saw them get Garrett kind of on the move a little bit. We saw the play action passes. Uh, that's the stuff that makes sense. Uh, you need to have it in the defense's mind pretty much every time you're throwing the ball now uh, that you're not, or that you at least might not be throwing the ball to to uh, give you a fair shot at it. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see where it evolves. Now this is not triple option or not passing the ball at all football, but that style of football worked in this league with Georgia tech for most of the last decade. So to say running the football as your main mode of transport up and down the field, can't work in the league. I'd say is a fallacy just, just because it has been done recently by a team that won a lot of games. So it'll be interesting though, to see how you do it. But when Georgia tech did it, I mean, they're doing one really specific thing and they're doing it really, really well. So I think Steve, that that'll be interesting to see where the Syracuse run game kind of leans on going forward. Cause it, it can't just be hand off to Tucker, go off left tackle Te- teams will stop that. Yeah. And, and Florida state did stop that and they, they had to get a little more creative as the game wore on and they did to their credit and they put up 30 points. And again, offense uh, offensively, they, they look pretty good in that game against the Seminoles. All right, let's turn our attention to this Saturday in Wake Forest, and listen, it's a it's a top ten, uh, top twenty team coming to town, unbeaten. Um, you know, I, I guess let's start with uh, whether or not you're sold on Wake Forest being the the best team in the ACC because right now they're the only unbeaten team in the ACC. Well, I think it's crazy. I think every like nobody in their right mind thinks Wake is the most talented team in the ACC because that's just not that's not true. Um, but they are, I'd say, clearly playing the best football right now. Like they can score points and on anybody, it looks like. So that that stands out. And what they have been uh, to this point of the season is a veteran team who has been remarkably consistent in a year in the league where nobody else has been consistent uh, whatsoever from uh, week to week. I mean, Clemson, who knows what, what they're doing. They realistically should have lost the game last week to Boston College in, in, in their backup quarterback in many ways. So I, I don't know what's going on with them. North Carolina was supposed to be the next great thing, and who knows what they are right now. So I'd say this, like, there's no reason Wake can't win the league uh, this year uh, based on what Clemson is doing. That has opened the door. Now, this is not playing the Clemson teams of the last handful of years that have dominated the league. It's a winnable game on Saturday, but if I were to tell you right now, okay, who is the best team in the league today? Yeah, I, I'd say it's Wake, and uh, I'd say it's pretty clearly Wake uh, this week. You know, and, and you just mentioned that that they're an experienced team that's gotten off to a, a good start, uh, and that's very true. I mean, they've got you know nine of these super seniors. I mean, even their quarterback, uh, Sam Hartman, who's listed as a sophomore. I mean, this is his fourth year uh, playing college football. You know, he had the one year with the the injury uh, that, that he suffered against Syracuse, and then obviously the COVID year that didn't count against them. I mean, how much does that play into this, uh, Brian, the fact that, that they that they are experienced across the board um, and that has allowed them to, to get off to a, a fast start here in 2021? Oh, I think it's everything. And it, it, it's not an accident. That's what Dave Glosson has talked about from the second he got that job. He's eight years into it now. And it's the, the old Mike Bray line. You, you want to get old and stay old. Well, they, they've gotten old and the COVID year helped out uh, immensely with the staying old 
part of it. And you mentioned Hartman. He started the game in Winston-Salem against the Orange back in 2018. He was a true freshman quarterback, Dungy's senior year. Now he's a sophomore. He's not exactly, you know, he's not a first-round NFL draft pick. It's possible he could be starting in the Dome again in 2023 if he wants to play it out uh, that far. That, that's not a, a crazy thought, Uh when you look at his team, but I mean, it's veterans all over the board. And I think the main thing is you got a quarterback at Hartman. That is a quote unquote sophomore. That's 20 some odd starts into his career. And the way they run their offense, they do some, they do some complex reading stuff. Their, their read option type games are really take a long time to develop during the play. It takes a lot of discipline uh, from the quarterback position. And I think Hartman's giving it to him uh, right now in a big way. You know, Paulie brought this up yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, he said, why can't Syracuse be Wake Forest? Um, you know, I mean, Wake's been to bowl games, what, each of the last six years? Um, you know, they're, and they're not, you know, you mentioned they're not the most talented team, but they're getting six, seven, eight wins, you know, per year. They're getting to bowl games on a regular basis. Is there a reason why Syracuse football can't be this moving forward? No. I mean, it's, it's obviously what's out there in this league. I, I think it's kind of where we thought uh, things were going after 2018 uh, on the Syracuse side of things. Uh, the opposite side of the coin is Wake has not had the real breakthrough year like the Orange had uh, that year, and which is they're maybe setting up for this year. But no, I mean, it shows you what you can do that, yeah, you, you got to play Clemson every year. You got to play Florida State every year. Wake's in the same division. They're dealing with the, the same thing Syracuse is. Uh, what Wake has done as far as, you know, getting maybe a one or two more a year is they have played incredibly soft non-conference schedules basically year in and year out. And I don't think Syracuse is really ever going to make it as soft as Wake has made it in some years. But, yeah, there's no reason you can't follow the blueprint and win games in this league. All right, last one on this, and then we'll we'll transition into basketball. But as you look at this game on Saturday, um, size it up for us. Uh, you know, what does it come down to in, in your mind, and how good of a shot do you think SU has? Well, and you said it, and Paulie said it. Like Syracuse can win this game. Like this is not an unwinnable game. I, I think what Syracuse fans though may need to uh, wrap their minds around. Just historically, you'd think that going to Florida State is, is harder than playing Wake Forest at home. And this year, that's not necessarily true. (laughs) So you look at what was a field goal game last week. I don't know how directly that translates, because I think this game in many ways will be harder uh, than what the game was last week. And I think what Syracuse is going to have to do in this game is score points. Uh, the win- the winner of this game the last four years has, has scored at least 38 points in every game. And those games have been split uh, between Syracuse and Wake. There has not been a, a low-scoring matchup. Wake's averaged 39 a game over the last four against the Orange, so they know how to score uh, against Syracuse, even though the defense has changed, obviously, during that time. So uh, we talk about, okay, can Syracuse put up points? It was 30 on the road last week. I, I think really Realistically, it could take more than that in this game. You might need to get closer to 40 uh, to win this game against Wake this week. And I think it's possible, but I, I don't think you're going to go in there and win, you know, a 20 to 17 ball game. All right, fair enough. And let's uh, let's move on to, to basketball. You know, Paulie said it before we, we came out with you, the, the best-kept secret in, in, uh, in Syracuse basketball right now is the fact that the women's schedule was released three weeks ago. Um, what can you tell us about the schedule and, and how are things sizing up for the, uh, for the ladies this year? 
Uh, well, the ACC is still really, really good, and um, Syracuse is not going to be picked toward the top of the league this year, I would uh, presume. So uh, the schedule, while not necessarily harder than normal, is harder than normal for uh, what we may think Syracuse is bringing to the table this year, just because there's so many unknowns. Uh, th- this team is so new that it's hard for me to look at them and say, okay, how are you going to do against Florida State? How are you going to do against a rising uh, North Carolina team? Notre Dame is the second game of the season. They're getting, they should be a lot better this year than they have been uh, the last couple of years. Louisville is going to be outstanding again. Uh, Duke's getting better. Like the league is really, really good. So if Syracuse does not take this complete pile of uh, new toys and new players and, and figure it out, it, it's going to be a long year. And uh, they're in the Bahamas tournament, just like the men are. It's the, the few days before that. And that tournament is loaded, stacked. I mean, it, it's crazy, the teams that are in that thing. So uh, the Orange are going to be tested uh, really tough uh, really early in the season. So they're going to have to take, Steve, a team that is basically all new and has never played together before and basically be ready to go from day one this year. And that's where I was going with my next question, is that they are all new. I mean, do you have a feel for what – this team's identity is going to be what they're going to do well. I mean, I, you know, I know you haven't seen these players play necessarily. Do you know what to expect in terms of style of play this season? Um, well, I, I'd say this. I, I try to make a habit of knowing more than the most about this team in this town. And uh, on this day this year, I have absolutely no idea uh, what, what kind of basketball they're going to play. I, I would assume... Uh, based on what we know about Von Reed in that he has been the guy that has been in charge of a lot of the, the style that and, and scouting and all that the Orange have done this year over the, I mean, over the last uh, handful of years that I would not necessarily expect um, the style to change a lot. Von likes to press. Uh, Von likes to have his team shoot threes. And if you look at how this roster has uh, come together this year, uh, there's a lot of uh, guard types uh, and small forward types in the mix. So my guess would be we're going to maybe crank it back up to 2015, 2016, 2017, when it was less uh, post presence and, and more kind of run and gun and, and press and try to shake you up and, and see how it works. But that that's based more on uh, how Vaughn has uh, done it as an assistant coach and at least uh, the size on the roster they have this year, which is not as imposing as it was the last couple of years. Hey, Brian, I just want to hit uh, a quick question on the, this uh, battle for Atlantis tournament. They're, they're facing a USF team to start in that who was an eight seed in the NCAA tournament last year. And then there's a team called UConn. If they beat them, is that, is that a difficult schedule? Uh, what to play UConn is playing UConn difficult. Yes, is yeah, it, is that like, a tough one for a, for a, for the layman out there? Uh, yeah, for for the layman out there, if you play <laughs> UConn, that that is hard <laughs> in women's basketball. The the problem is like Oregon's also in the tournament. Uh, if my mind's right, Mississippi State, who's been in two recent national title games, is in the tournament. And the first game against USF, like USF, is really good. Like they've been a really good team. South Carolina is pretty good too, right? Uh, oh yeah, South yeah. Carolina's in that. Yeah, South Carolina's <laughs> pretty good. Like they, they should have, could have won the title last year. So like, even if you lose the first game and and go on the other side of the bracket, you're still going to play a team that could potentially win the national title. So that is uh, as stacked of a tournament field as I've ever seen. That was your question, Paulie. Yes. Okay, yeah. okay you, I'm just a novice. Are you yes. done? Now? Yeah, I just want to learn things. Okay. Should Fair. I tell Steve also that UConn is pretty good? Does <laughs> Steve need to know uh, that uh, Steve, UConn is good? No, Steve's a sports professional. I'm just a 
novice okay. day person. He, he looked, right. Brian, he looked at me. He's like, I got a question. I was like, oh, Paulie's got a question. Paulie, what do you got? <laughs> and that was the question he had. So Yeah, it's Didn't, a hard-hitting journalism. Yeah. Yeah, UConn remains good at women's basketball. Yeah. Uh, okay, so with that, I knew that USF was an eight seed in the tournament last year. Yeah, you had some very uh, insightful information for then having to clarify that, yes, yeah. UConn is still, <laughs> yeah, UConn is good. Uh, Paige Beckers is probably the best player in the country. They also have the top incoming freshman in the country, and uh, as he said, uh, UConn is good, yes. Yeah, should be uh, should be a very interesting year uh, for the SU women. Brian, thanks so much for coming on. We do appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll see you up uh, uh, on the quad on Saturday. All right, guys, see you then. All right, there he is, uh, Brian Higgins. I learned a lot. That that tournament is stacked. I was just looking at it, like USF Syracuse both in the tournament last year. Minnesota, U- UConn, and South obviously Carolina, when they set the Oregon. field, they had no way to know that this was going to happen to Syracuse. Yes, I mean, so. you know, that's this is basically an elite eight, right? It's an NCAA to start tournament the type, season, yeah, yeah, type tournament to start the year. All right, let's take a timeout. Phone lines open if you want to check in three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. All right, Stephen Pauly back with you here on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation as we welcome in our producer, Jordan, for some prop bets. You know, Jordan, I was uh, complimenting you earlier that you are probably one of the, you're too nice. You need to you need to be less nice. Were you listening during that part of the show? Um, negative ghost right Like because I feel like when you screen calls, you genuinely care how people are doing and like what they ate and what they're wearing, and and you should probably just tone it down a little bit. And call screener just wasn't working properly in that moment, Paulie. I wasn't here to air you out, but if we're going on the air with it, and I'll be honest, you, Mike and Phoenix, I love you, man. I knew you needed the tickets. I, you didn't need to tell me what you were calling for, G. That's what happened. So now we're airing people out. No, no, you just got to be like, hey, Mike, I know what you're here for. Hold on. That's so awful. <laughs> hey, no, Mike, I know why you're here. Stand by. Yeah, no, but if someone's BSing with you and, like, breaking down their whole call, go, dude, I get it. Just hold on a second. I got a, we're on a radio show, and we need to keep it moving, you know? Speaking of keep it moving, can we can we hop on? Let's prop? Keep, no, that was this a is, great transition. This yeah, is a, I'm just giving a little le- like yeah. some behind the scenes lessons. Like you you're, you just got to get the phone the phone call on the air. They're the biggest part of the show. Just get right to them. Mike, got it. Tickets. Hold on. They'll be right with you. Click. Boom. Noted. Thank you. Okay. I don't care about your life at all, Mike. I just want you to go to the game. There you go. I'll I'll, I'll explain all the. F- call screener jargon after the segment because we've got prop bets to get to. We're hopping on prop. Let's go. Here's the first one, and this isn't a conventional prop bet, but this isn't a conventional football team. Syracuse football's leading rusher. Who will it be? Garrett Schrader led the team with 137 yards on the ground last week. Sean Tucker had 102. So here's what I'll do. I will give you each of those players at plus 100. You bet 10 to win 10. If you're feeling frisky, I will give you any other player on the team at plus one thousand. Bet ten to win a hundred. Yeah. So the Don't answer that, the answer is Sean Tucker. Yes. Um, really? And, well, okay. it is. And remember, in college, they count sacks against you. They count you know negative yards against your total. So Schrader 
I, I think they're going to have to throw the ball. Like, I really do. Like, I think they're going to have to throw the ball some. So I know last week they relied strictly, really, on the ground. Um, so I think I think Schrader will get sacked a, a couple times, which will hurt his numbers. I, I think the answer the answer is probably Sean Tucker either way. But given the way they calculate rushing yards, I think I feel very confident in Sean right. Tucker. And there's zero chance that he's ripping off another 55-yard run. I don't know about zero chance. There's zero chance. Like, may I provide this counterpoint? He had a couple. I mean, he had the one for a touchdown, but he had, he had a couple lengthy runs. Yeah. Garrett Schrader's best plays seem to be where he has a run-pass option on a bootleg. If they run more of those against Wake Forest, plus if they're in a situation where they need to throw, Garrett Schrader might get a lot of 10-yard chunk plays. He could. And if they're not running, Sean Tucker is going to be catching I will, against Steve's argument, say that he was only sacked once last game and only lost six yards. Right. But if you were listening, I said, I think they're going to have to throw the ball more than they did last week. I mean, they kept the ball on the ground quite a bit. All right. uh, I'm going to go with Tucker, too, because there's zero chance Schrader's breaking. If Schrader breaks 100 again, that's insane. Since we're talking about Garrett Schrader and the QBs, let's go to the passing game. Big question this week, will the Orange be able to stretch the field? All Syracuse quarterbacks, so just in case we do see Tommy DeVito, over under one interception thrown. Tommy DeVito and Garrett Schrader have each thrown two this year. Wake Forest is tied for the ACC lead with seven interceptions. Will we see over or under one pick thrown by an Orange quarterback? I'll go under. There are going to be zero. zero picks, but how many has? Well, like, how many what if Schrader I want him to have two. one? He's had two, right? Two he had piece. the one where he, uh, he he had the underthrow, and then he had the hail mary, right? Is that yeah? So hail mary you one could last argue week. that Schrader and so Devito each have an interception that you shouldn't even count because right. Tommy had the one. That what if I want was one? Deflected, yeah. What are you saying? Over under one. We call that a push if it's exactly one. That means yeah, but what get, if I want one? They. I'll give you that at plus... A tie like the Ryder yes. Cup that I'll give you happen. plus 150 if you want. I'll go with one, okay. exactly. I'll give you some value for that. We'll go plus 150 and we'll Thank make you. the others pickles. I'm confused. What, what, what's, the, what, what's the question? If you think <laughs> they will throw exactly one interception, the Syracuse quarterbacks, and you want to pick that, I will give you that for a little better value. So you can do plus 150, I'll do. Bet ten to win fifty. Well, what's the what's the conventional way? They're pickums, so you know a little. So I mean, I'm picking either an interception or no interception. I'll say over. Uh, you can go over if you want to be pessimistic. You can go over. Uh, you think they're going to throw two, Steve? Don't say it. No, I'll go under. The Schrader has done a nice job taking care of the football, which is one of the reasons why I think he won the job. So you're going zero. I'm going zero. Zero picks. All right, I'm I'm sticking with my one prop bet. Let's do it. Now let's move over to the defense. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wake Forest this year has only allowed five sacks, and they've only committed five turnovers. This Syracuse defense, 14 sacks. But I want to know, combined turnovers and sacks, over under three for the Syracuse defense against Wake Forest. So whether you think it'll be an interception and two sacks. That's going to be over. I, I, think, it, I think it better be yeah. over, or they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, I'll go over on this, that. Only five sacks given up all I year know. by Wake Forest. But again, some of it is, if we're being honest, and I do think Wake is good. Some of it's the schedule they've played. Like they haven't played the best schedule uh, to this point. Uh, no, I know. <laughs> I know. No, I understand. Um, but I, I think the, I legitimately think the Syracuse defense is pretty good. Um, and I think if they have any any chance in this game, they're going to have to find a way to get to the quarterback and create some havoc. 
and and to force some turnovers. So I, they better hope that number's over. And since Paulie and I picked Syracuse to to cover slash win, it better be over. Yes, I agree. We lose two Wildcat pub bets in a row. The people are going to be outside of our studios right here on Walton Street. There were some fourth down plays that Orange fans were not happy about against Florida State. I want to know Syracuse football over under one turnover on downs against Wake Forest. Ooh, that's an interesting one. I know, because they might just go for it at the end of the game if they're down either way. Yeah, they might do it at the end of the half. Yeah, Yeah, I think I would say that's going to happen. That's going to be an over. But keep in mind, they've. It has to be a turnover, so not just them going for it on fourth. Oh, they have to. They have to not. There has get to be it. a turnover on down. On down. So you're saying? Yeah, I'm going to go under. Under. So I'm going to go. Over. Well, I'm going to go one. So I'll do the same thing, Steve. You could have plus one fifty for the exact bet. I'm going to go over. Oh, okay. I'm going under because I got to stick with the same theory you had. If if they get held on a fourth down, odds are they're not going to win a football game. So yeah, I'm 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 going over. Okay. The over-under is currently at 57.5 with Wake as a 5.5-point favorite. We do a little bit of math. That's around a 27-32 game or 26-31, somewhere in there. So I want to know Syracuse offense, over or under 26.5 points. I'm going to go, I would go total with the under also, and I'm going to go under on that with Syracuse. Because if Syracuse wants to win this game, it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I think. I disagree. I think I think Wake scoring points, and I think Syracuse is going to have to score points. Will this be a throwback? I think to it's the gonna, Zach Mahoney honestly, shootout. No, what, I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see like what we saw in the Florida State game. What makes you think Syracuse could keep up with Wake offensively? No, I'm saying I think they. I think I think they're going to have to get Wake to 30. is better. Wake is better than Florida State. I think Syracuse is going to have to keep them under. So. The defense is going to have to win this game. Okay. Well, I. They put it at twenty six and a half for a reason, so that they get some disagreement, right? I think that in, I think they're going to have to get to thirty to win. You know, they got to thirty last week against Florida State. It it was almost enough, wasn't quite enough. I think they're going to have to get to thirty again. So just to put a bow on it, final one: Wake Forest over or under thirty one and a half points. So I'm, I'll go. I'll go under. I'll say this is. I'll say this game's like thirty three thirty or thirty one twenty eight. I'll go under also, drastically under. The defense is going to dominate Wake. Okay, Paulie, you're expecting a low-scoring ACC showdown. Yep. Steve, you're... you're I'm going to see a... Re- I, I think we're going to see a replay of last week in terms of the points. Not in terms of the result, hopefully. I don't know. I don't know. Paulie's the one who feels I feel good about SU's it. I think win. the defense is going to dominate and Syracuse is going to control the clock, win this game uh, in the 21-17 range. Syracuse hopefully will control the clock. Bugs Be Gone will control pests in your home or radio studio. If you need help removing pesky pests from either of those places, you can visit BugsBeGone.biz. That's Bugs Be Gone with two E's, just like the bug, just like I do to Steve and Polly every day on Orange Nation. Welcome back, Polly. I was going to have you stick around for one more segment because we were going to talk Major League Baseball, but get out of here. Polly and I will handle it ourselves. We'll, you got this. You we'll got wrap it. up the show with baseball right after this on ESPN Radio.